when I first saw our home computer, I was fascinated that you could actually make images move on a screen. So I got a computer and told myself how to program so I could animate. Uh, well, I think the future is going to have two kinds of games. I think it's going to have the first kind will be sort of so solo story games. It'll sort of have a scripted outcome. The other major kind of game that I think will be in the future will be multiplayer, um, interactive environment. Production values and storytelling on that will have to be the same level as you see on TV and movies. I really had such a great time working on Wing Commander with Chris, and uh, when he asked me to do it, uh, he's so brilliant, I, I, I didn't need a script, I immediately said, of course. And greetings, 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 everyone. I am Griffin Gaming RPG, and welcome back to Soul Citizens. Uh, we are so excited to have you here today. And I've got to move my buddy Fast Card up because for some reason or other, our box shifted. Hold on one second. Let's get him. Let's get him looking proper. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Fast Card. I don't know why you're in a different spot than you were a minute ago, but I'll work on that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> I know I didn't change anything either. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but we'll we'll get you in the right spot in a couple of seconds. Um, anyway, uh, I, we want to welcome you back today, um, and we have a very special show going on today. As you guys know, we've been looking forward to this show. Uh, we're going to have an interview with uh, Chris Neal from Massively Overpowered, and uh, we've been really excited about this. Fast Card and I have been talking about this for over a month. Uh, Chris graciously accepted and massively accepted our invitation for them to come on the show and talk about game journalism as well as Star Citizen. So, um, Chris, you there? 
I'm here, man. Thanks very much. Fast car, what happened to you, buddy? What's your box? <laughs> I've got to fix him because that's not good. We cannot show Fast Car in a dark, a bad light. I was going to say a dark light uh, Fast Car. I, I don't know. That was my mistake there. But I'll work on him a little bit. Um, he's got a he's got a rad racing stripe, is what. Is it that is. what it is? Just, okay. He's just showing off. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm going to work on that. Um, but before we get into it, guys, I want to give you guys a little bit of background on Chris. Uh, Chris goes by, his name of, by the name of Wolfie um, he, and is a totally a pink wolf and is not someone who just adores his avatar so much that he's lost touch with reality. So I think he's kind of crazy like the rest of us, basically. Um, <laughs> he's been playing video games since the days of the Atari 2600 and when PCs had to be booted up with a specific sequence. For those of you who remember that, us old timers, gray hair, we remember that. Um, he can be found in a variety of different MMOs and multiplayer games, including MapleStory 2, Dauntless, and Destiny 2, among others. So again, we're really happy to have Chris here, and we're gonna have a real candid conversation. Uh, if you guys have questions that you wanna ask Chris uh, as we go through, uh, there is a link that will pop up and that will show that there's a form that you could fill out um, you can put them in chat, but we may miss them if you use the form. Greater possibility that we'll end up seeing those questions and be able to uh, raise them a little bit later. But in the meantime, I'm going to work on fixing FastCart while FastCart begins our interview. So, FastCart, it's on your hands, bro. As long as you're fixing me, can you get rid of my show apology too? You know, no, I can't, I can't work on that, brother. I'm sorry. Just your picture. Okay, sorry. <laughs> All right. So, Worth first question. <laughs> yeah, it was really the exactly. So, first question. Chris, is how and when did you begin writing game reviews? Uh, on a professional level, I started when I was actually um, taken up by MMOGames.com. Uh, uh, so I started really writing a lot more seriously when I opened up my own blog. Um, before that, I was just basically like a commenter and a forum lurker on games like, um, like the old EGM website. I forget the name of it, but they had like this whole... This whole website that they had, where I started, where you like you had your own little space to write your own blogs, and I was doing like a few little game reviews there. Started up my own personal blog. I had the good fortune of catching the right eyeballs, and uh, I was picked up by MMO Games, and that's when my my professional writing career technically sort of took off. I, I started off part time with them for a little bit, and then went full time as their news editor. Uh, and then, unfortunately, I was let go from them due to some financial things that they had going on, but I was picked up by MLP, and, and the rest has been pretty much history after that point. Oh, so, so question number two is what type of video games do you enjoy playing? MMOs. <laughs> That's the quick answer. I mean, I, I, I honestly, um, I really started getting into MMOs back with everquest online adventures so like that was like the very first thing i started playing and then that? i really serious that was on the ps2 so man that was a long while i forget it was, it was a long while ago but i really got serious in mmos when i started playing final fantasy 11 that gives you any more of an mm, obvious barometer cool. and, and i was like 20 2003 or something like that it's 2003 or 2004 uh played that for a number of years and then kind of just grow from there. Um, I really like a lot of action sim games too. Like my very first like PC game that I ever personally bought was Mech Warrior 3 um, and the expansions. And I actually ran like a, 
a whole clan for online play and stuff like that. So, you know, like futuristic sort of sim slash action games. I really love racing games. I love RPGs of pretty much all sorts. Uh, I'm pretty very, pretty very diet of gaming, honestly. All right, to a question number three, can you give us a quick journalism one class on the step you take to review a video game? So, I mean, honestly, it's just a question of how much time I invest in things, right? Because it's, because there's always when you start playing a game, like you've got that first endorphin rush of, oh, this is new and cool, right? But um, I try to sort of, when it comes to like reviewing or looking through or getting up, a general idea of an MMO, I try to go through at least 20 plus levels at minimum, or at least 20 odd hours in total, a little bit more usually sometimes. But that's like kind of like the the starting point of where I feel like I can get a general idea of what's going on with the game. Um, other game reviews that I've written, like for example, I did some contributions for uh, some other sites that I've written for, and uh, some games are done a lot quicker. Like there was this one review I wrote for a game that was like two or three hours, so and I beat it through. Um, but in general, I try to at least give myself 20-odd hours or so, roughly, of total time. And at that point, like that initial veneer of the new shiny kind of wires off, and I've gotten a general idea of like mechanics and gameplay, and, and I feel like I've gotten a pretty firm grasp of how things work by that point. I have a question. Is that 20 hours or 20 levels a, a standard across the industry, or is it something specific for you? That's just something specific that I was shown and taught. I'm pretty sure that's not the standard for the industry. I mean, I, I can't really speak to the standards of every other website out there, and it's really kind of up to the editors and what they want. Um, uh, but it's worked for me so far, and I think it's helped. Uh, it's, it's kind of gotten a pretty good... Uh, idea of where I'm at. And some people, I mean, there's other folks who, like, I know there's one person in MOP who, uh, who's played games to, like, about 30-odd levels, and that's when they have a better idea. So maybe I'd need a little bit more time to get an extra bearing on what things are feeling like, too. Or, like, like for example, there's maybe some extra layers to something that's added on at a certain point that is really important to get the whole context and idea of what a game is all about. It really sort of varies. It's, it's up and down. It's it's not like a hard, fast, set number for me. It's, it's just kind of like the starting point for me personally. Okay, for number four, because people often assume that bloggers are the equivalent to professional journalists, would you mind telling us the difference between the two? I kind of have a, something of a little bit of experience in regards to working for a site that was company-owned versus something that's MO, like massively overpowered that's literally funded and lives and dies by the support of readers and 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 Patreon generosity and, and just all this incredible support from the people who are actually like engaged in reading and involved in the site. I don't have as many years as some other folks by any stretch, so I'm definitely not like the the last word by any means um but if i had to kind of like measure my own personal experience between doing news particles and uh, other articles for a professionally owned site you know there's a couple of other i i'm not really able to sort of inject as much of my own personality as i want to i mean there's 
there's, you know, room for my own style and, and, and my own opinion. And I've never worked for any place that ever had like their journalistic integrity or their editorial integrity completely ruined by outside interference, like the site owners or the advertisers or anything like that. Um, but y'all, I also got the sense that I kind of want to just not be quite as personable as I would in like, say my own personal blog, for example. Um, but for, as a professional blogger for, and, and massively, I, I kind of feel a little more encouraged to just sort of express myself a little bit. I still want to get the facts out there. And for some things, for some news stories, you know, you want to be just as objective as possible. And you don't want to like kind of throw in your own little two cents or your own little quick, little pithy quips or anything like that. But um, I, I still have a, a general idea that, or a general sense that I can, I can be myself a little bit more. I can open up a little tiny bit more and, and kind of just inject a bit more of my personality. Mm, okay. That's great. Cool. Uh, Chris, you want to take over Griffin? Yeah, sure. Uh, we, we're going to kind of change the gears a little bit here, guys, and talk about Massively and his work there. Uh, Chris, what is technically your, what's your official position at MOP, and how long have you been contributing now? I, I guess if I had to, if I had to, my official title would be like just a news writer and uh, I'm just a general writer overall. I, uh, I help out with uh, the daily news items that they have. Um, I uh, keep, I maintain and have taken up the, uh, the reins for the, uh, for the choose my adventure column, mm. which is, which is actually a lot of fun. It's really interesting uh, because I basically get to open up polls and have people who are reading sort of steer me along and do uh, and pick out activities or choices or make decisions for me in, a, in an MMO I'm playing. Um, as far as long, how long I've been there, I, I think it's only been a year, roughly a okay. year, maybe a little, maybe a year and a half. It hasn't been very long. Okay. Okay. And I know you guys also do, I know you do the articles and stuff, but you guys also do an actual audio podcast as well, right? Yep. Yep. We do. Um, the, uh, uh, Justin and Bree are the, are the arbiters of that. I've been on that podcast a couple of times though, and every time it's been super. Okay. That's awesome. Awesome. Um, how are writers, and again, if you can give us insight into just the industry itself or just at MOP, but how are writers assigned to games? Is it kind of like, you know, you have an affinity towards certain things or do you just get assigned something, whether you happen to like MMOs, maybe you just like first person shooters. How do you, how do you get assigned to what games to review? Honestly, um, well, when I was working in MMO games, I was basically the one that was doing the whole shebang. So I was trying to find stories. I was picking out what I thought was interesting and writing it up and, and distributing it. Um, uh, that's not always how it's done, I'm sure. Uh, it's definitely not an industry standard, I don't think. Uh, but as far as MOP, what we do, we just sort of like talk amongst ourselves, kind of, uh, you know, Bree sort of lines up things that, are you know assumed to be important or interesting or people want to know about or read about and we just sort of like say i'll be taking this story and somebody else says i'll take this i'll take this and we just sort of pick and choose as we go um uh game assignments aren't are kind of done by personal preference i mean i personally you know like certain games there's a elliot for example elliot lefebvre is an amazing writer there at mop he he mostly writes about World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV, and uh, and uh, you know, 
he he's, he's a, does a great job and seems to like both of those games. Though fourteen, I think, is a little higher on his <laughs> on his enjoyment list of recent. Um, we will not talk about that anyway. I'm not. <laughs> okay. But uh, but uh, you know, it's 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 uh, the way it works with massively. We just sort of like kind of take you know we all sort of pick our spots and take up what what is deemed important and then just kind of look through the the rest of our newsroom and see what where is interesting or what's fun or what we think would be interesting we just it's it's a really sort of open dialogue it's it's kind of like a a constant round table discussion that we have amongst ourselves and and numerous times even when we're like writing about something like We'll finish a story and then we'll like disseminate and discuss about it and like conversations will spring up little tiny arguments and it's just it's it's really really free form i i'm not sure that's the standard for the industry by any stretch i'm willing to believe probably not maybe but that's just an assumption i can't really state that as absolute fact mm, okay gotcha um in the past uh writers that um massively have written reviews on star citizen but uh since you've arrived there you've kind of seemed to have from my listening to the podcast it seems like you've kind of earned the role of the resident star citizen reviewer um what's that been like for you in relation to both your colleagues that you work with as well as the readers that, that follow you um and as far as my colleagues are concerned like uh we uh we have some gentle ribbon back and forth about it. <laughs> uh, there's some people who uh, who kind of take uh, playful little jabs at me for for being a Star Citizen fan, um, but then they also understand and appreciate it. And 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 even when I'm taking my licks, like my playful licks, like ultimately all of us want a game like Star Citizen to be a thing, even uh, even if there is some disagreement on how it should get there. Uh, the readers. I can't speak to them. Um, I've had people get mad at me because I thought the Argo mole looked kind of like a, a race car to me a little bit. Um, <laughs> I got people mad at me because I was putting in my lot for, uh, you know, for giving the game uh, a, a bad, you know, a bad award, uh, 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 like the, the, uh, mm. the, um, the, like the uh, annual yeah, the like, annual yeah the, the negative bad yeah, business whatever. award yeah right. i've gotten i gotten flack for people getting mad at me because i kind of I, I don't know i i can't really say that everybody in star citizen has been angry to me there's been a couple of people like um for example uh there are a couple of readers who helped me out a lot when i first started taking over the choose my adventure column mm. um they like openly came to me like look i've got a fleet of ships we could you know play around we could do some stuff together for a little bit and check things out and kind of you know and that helped make the column a lot more interesting so it's i don't know i seem to have this sort of talent for making everybody happy and not happy at the same time if, if i'm not mistaken that's how you that's how you got aboard the phoenix with um Bree and mj or just mj uh yeah no there was some um, yeah, that that was actually one of my favorite streaming moments. We were trying to board the, um, oh gosh, what was it? It was um, it was the big chunky uh, freelancer. That's it. Yeah, it was a freelancer, 
and we uh <laughs> we i opened up the <laughs> the rear door and like the freelancers started freaking out like it was like jiggling mm -hmm. everywhere and started doing mm -hmm. a booty dance like mm -hmm. it was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've been there and then we had like a, somebody we have another reader who's a regular reader like a, a guy named dk he brought us on to his luxury yacht so you know it's but it's it's been sort of a little bit in between with me i mean i don't mm -hmm. really i can't speak to how every single person feels obviously mm -hmm. but um i kind of feel like i've been towing the line a little bit with being and, and i feel like that's maybe how I've been uh, honest about the game. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Okay, fair enough. Um, let's change the gear a little bit. What are your thoughts on the renewed interest in space-themed games uh, over the past decade? Games like No Man's Sky, Elite Dangerous, Dual Universe, uh, Space Engineers, Kerbal Space Program. What, what do you feel has been kind of the nucleus of that? Because pretty much they had, you know, in the like the 80s or late 80s and stuff with Star Wars and things like that, those Lucasfilm games were very popular. But it seemed like in the 2000s, it just the whole space genre just kind of went away. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think um, as far as multiplayer games are concerned or MMOs are concerned, we mm -hmm. seem to have a glut of fantasy titles, right? Mm -hmm. So having a little more sci-fi seems to kind of... Uh, if, speaking for myself personally, I like sci-fi a little bit more and sci-fantasy a little bit more mm -hmm. because there still feels like there's some storytelling and design avenues that that you can take that haven't really been explored before. And it feels like fantasy, the fantasy genre, the high fantasy genre has been sort of worn out. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's not a whole lot of uniqueness there. Um, well, who knows? I mean, it's and and maybe people just like to look ahead to a, a brighter, cooler, shinier future. I mean, it could be just as simple as that, really. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. I know um, there are a lot of people who feel that Star Citizen, in some ways, uh, may have been uh, the thing that brought people back to this whole thing, and maybe because of both the good and bad hype of it, right? Um, sure. That it yeah. kind of made people aware, especially at the very least, to say that uh, PC all of a sudden, you know, started being brought back and popular, um, yeah, where consoles yeah. were really, you know, dominating uh, for quite a while. So, Oh, for um, sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. That's, that's, that's fair. I mean, and there's only so much sandbox that you can squeeze out of a console game, right? So, <laughs> right. I mean, you've got, you've got big open worlds, but there's still walls at the edges of the map. Definitely. Um, but PC yeah. sandboxes feel like they can be a lot more, a lot more, you know, expansive and and those walls aren't quite as obvious to me you know so yeah that's 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 totally fair i think so too pc gaming in general uh just just kind of woke up uh and mm. we've had awesome things happen like i i i've actually kind of enjoyed a lot of the, some of the things that lead dangerous did mm -hmm. I really have loved watching no man's sky like just kind of rise like a phoenix that has been mm -hmm. awesome to see i really want to see what uh um what other space games do um <laughs> i kind of want to see what Kerbal space program is going to do next they got a new one out coming out, yeah so. yeah part two yeah people are looking forward to it yeah absolutely fast car are you gonna say something and we can't and we can't forget other other media like the expanse for, for instance coming coming into the movie. yeah yeah tv so shows like the expanse yeah yeah it's got a renewed yeah and interest. that kind of like goes to the point where like there's still some things that and there's always going to be tropes for sci-fi, right? And and space stuff or space-themed things. Um, but overall, there still feels like 
there's a few more unique little angles that we could go, you know, to kind of, and, and that's probably why this sort of genre has been kind of glowing up a little bit recently. I think. Yeah, good point. Okay, we're going to take a, just a quick break for a minute, guys. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, we, I, at least I try, we're going to be highlighting a video by a, a content creator named Gemini who uh, basically threw together a nice video. And this was just put out within like the last couple weeks uh, on Star Citizen. So we're going to take a look at that and then we'll be back with Chris Neal. Okay, we are back at Soul Citizens. And uh, once again, that video was by 
uh, a creator named Gemini. Look him up on YouTube. Really, really cool stuff. Uh, love to see when uh, players just kind of do their own creative thing with the tools that are there in Star Citizen. And we are player creative stuff is so cool. I, oh, I, God. I so mean, some cool. of these I'm people. No, no, it's okay. I mean, some of these people <laughs> blow my mind that they're sitting at home producing these videos. You say, "Wow, this is better than the stuff CIG's putting out." Almost, you know, it's kind of crazy. But there's a lot of talented <laughs> people. Yeah, they're talented people out there, and it's, it's amazing to see what they're able to do. Um, again, hey, go ahead. Go ahead, Fescar. Yeah, one place we one place we about that last video is that that they included scene from you know Invictus Free Week, and I'm like that's just something. It came out on the Monday after mm -hmm. the Free Week just started, so so I don't know when they find time to incorporate stuff that's so recent and put it together. But I was that was impressive. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like I said, people are they're talented out there, which is which is awesome. Um, listen again, thank you guys for joining us today. You know, with all the stuff that's going in the world, you guys could be in a million different places. We appreciate the fact that you guys are spending the evening with us. And we're going to get right back into it with Chris. And this is the part I know a lot of you guys are waiting for is to talk about Star Citizen. So, uh, Fast Cart, why don't you go ahead and start us out? Yeah, but before we get to that, I just wanted to ask, um, I don't, I, I can't get the um, question link, link, link up because if you can post that from the command bot or some or someplace else. That I will try to get it to come up. Okay. Thank you. All right. So question nine is that some have described Chris Roberts' prison of Star Citizen and Squadron 42 as ambitious or even impossible. In an industry that has been fueled historically by innovation and imagination, why is there so much cynicism among gamers and journalists over an ambitious game? Uh that's a that's a loaded question, honestly. Like, um, is because you've got people who you know want a lot of innovative and and unique and and fascinating new games to come out, but then you've also got people, or then you got you see things like you know. Call of Duty series or the Madden series just making money hand over fist with every single iteration. Um, for the way I, I think in in Star Citizen's case, like a lot of people are just sort of just fixated on on the, the on the macro uh, on the mac on the, the the small details. Right? There's um, they're looking at what's coming now or what's in there now and they're not seeing it as complete or as full or as fully built and realized as something that's already out uh or not even in the same like subgenre necessarily and there is it's kind of like it's it's uh it's easy to sort of put something that's still in an alpha state and really not complete by any stretch and and not nearly as full as something like an elite dangerous which has come out with a huge amount of systems and stuff and other things like that and just sort of like say hey these guys did this what's taking you so long what's your excuse and um and and also like there's like the double-edged sword of roberts's vision right um he's got a very specific way of doing things as far as i can tell it has to be like this. This has to be like this, and and you know, damn how long it takes. <laughs> and that sucks for a lot of people who want a game like this to happen, right? Because because and and open development in general is also just a gnarly thing. Like like initially when I started seeing crowdfunding rising and open 
source games come up and, and things like that. I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. I can't wait to see all these new and unique things. And now we're seeing all the grimy, grindy, gristly bits of how the sausage is made. And now I'm, we're just, there's a lot of people who are like, I don't really, mm, I'm not really, what? <laughs> like it's, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot for just regular games to be made. Never mind something that demands to have specific things in it, like what Chris Roberts does. And and that's for better or worse, just gonna kind of color a lot of perception. I think he's he does things very specifically. We are in a a position where we're seeing a lot of how game development happens happen now. And it's not pretty. <laughs> it's not pretty and it's it's weird and it's kind of freaky and and there's also concern about you know or there's like you know assumptions about where the money is going to right and so that's that's another thing people are wondering why is it taking this long and costing this much and you only have this so and and those questions don't seem to be super answered terribly well i don't think or or to to a lot of people's satisfaction mm. so it's it's a it's a it's an amalgam of a bunch of different things i think okay well, Chris, we're going to well, look a quick... Were you going to say something fast, Car? Yeah, I was going to say, so this has been, like, uh, uh, um, it's, been, it's been crowdfunded and it's been an open de de development um, process. So do you think they, they're not open as much, or do you think that it's, the openness is part of the problem? I think being open is part of the problem a little bit, um, because we're seeing all the incremental steps as opposed to seeing quantum leaps forward, right? Because mm. um, before we, I, I remember growing up in an age where, you know, you got your information from magazines and you had like the preview story and then like maybe a few months down the road, you had the full game out. And then like a little bit later, you had like a strategy guide and, and all these tips and tricks and stuff like that. Um, and we're not in that time anymore. Games take a lot longer to develop in general now. And... And with open development, we're all seeing those tiny little inchworm movements forward. And it's, it's kind of, it's, it can be interesting to some, maybe just unsatisfying and, and aggravating to others, I guess. Mm. Good point. Okay. okay. Well, Chris, we're going to, guys, we're going to show a quick clip because it'll, and Chris already knows about this. So it's, it's not a gotcha moment, but it, it helps with the next question that we're going to ask. And this was done uh, by BBC. Uh, Click did an interview, some of you guys may remember, uh, where they went to CIG and went to CitizenCon last year and talked about uh, spending in the game. So let's take a quick look at that. One of the aspects of the game which has attracted a lot of attention is the ships. I'll make this easy for you. Leave that or we kill you. There are a plethora of different ships in the game, big and small. They can be purchased with in-game currency, or backers can use real cash, which Cloud Imperium says goes towards further development of the game. Rumors are rife of some backers spending thousands on ships. Drake Interplanetary, we got your back. But most of the people I meet at CitizenCon have more modest budgets. How much money have you spent so far? That's only about 75 to $100. Together, I've probably invested about £250 into the game. It's maybe like £60 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, not much than that, really. There's always exceptions to the rule, though. Yeah, that definitely doesn't look friendly. 
I've spent about $7,900 on a game, which to me is like, I think that's crazy. I've never spent that much money on any game ever, right? Move and kill, baby. Move and kill. So seven seven thousand nine hundred dollars. Seven thousand nine hundred US dollars. Yeah. Now we, we, we should say that you are a streamer, so this is this is your job. This is your it living, is, yeah, isn't it? For sure. Streaming about this game, so yeah. you are an average. Okay. I thought there was a little bit more to that clip, but I think that was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fast car, go ahead. I'm sorry. No problem. So. Uh, question number 10, the BBC show click reported on the development of Star Citizen taking, taking as long as it can hands. Likewise, other media outlets are reporting neutrally or even positively about Star Citizen in recent years, or at the very least, not reporting as negatively about the project. Why do you think that is? As far as I can ascertain from following the game as long as I have been, um, I guess it's because they've gotten to a point where they're really consistently adding things to a playable legitimate sandbox um and i remember back in this game to at the point where all you had was a hangar you could look at your ship and you plunk yourself into a seat for air arena commander and that was it um so now we have something more substantive right something that actually feels like a legitimate taste of what they really want and it's no longer lip service anymore because you know roberts is promising this and that this is going to happen this is going to happen and now we're actually seeing that talk and then pieces of that implementation actually going live and playable and physical it's 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 starting to make more sense that you can talk about things you can show off screenshots and 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 you know have pr you know kick out press releases and all sorts of sizzle reels all you want but it's not going to really really connect with a lot of people unless they actually can get their fingers on it and play it and that's where i think it's starting to take a turn for the better they're 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 making good on a lot of what they're trying to do but uh, the thing is that's always been the case for um especially like a citizen con for the past, you know, seven, six years, they show something at CitizenCon, and then it's implemented in the game within a year. But I think the problem with that fast cart is that only the people who are at that level <clears throat> of interest are the ones who witness it. And it doesn't get reported, you know, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just saying, unless you're that far on the inside that you go to the con and you get to see the progress in a big way like that. I just watch it on YouTube. No, 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 no. That that's true. But I'm, I'm, I, and I don't get me wrong. I still, I get it that it's out there. But you still have to follow that. And I mean, I think that there's still a dynamic of people who don't. You know, we always talk about people not doing their homework, right? I mean, even people who are in the community don't do their homework. So I, I you know, we can say, well, maybe journalists should or magazines should do a little bit deeper. But there are hundreds, if not thousands, of videos over the last eight years that have been produced by, you know, by CIG. Um, I, I get your point. I, I honestly do. Um, I, I just wonder whether or not that understanding of it, unless you've been following it, whether or not people get it. Because I think people get sound bites of what's going on with Star Citizen and they run with it more than because they've actually spent time watching the development. But I could, I don't know. Uh, Chris, you could throw your thoughts in on that. That's a fair assessment, I think. I mean, because if you're on the outside looking in, it's kind of weird why are people losing their mind over going from one solar system to another right um yeah. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but you don't really get the context of that until you realize 
everybody's been playing in one solar system for a long time. So being able to go into a jump gate, navigate a weird, you know, you know, cybernetic or, or crazy, you know, space intestine mm -hmm. <laughs> in order to get to another whole new galaxy. That's, that's a big thing. So yeah, I, but, um, but doing the homework is always important for anybody, for, for, for any enthusiast, especially for any journalist to try to get as much context as possible. And that's, that's harder. That's easier said than done for some people, especially if you got a lot of things on your plate, a lot of different games that you have to follow or, or stuff like that. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to be a specialist sometimes. And forgive me for going for going off, but when did you become a backer, or when did you first become um, familiar with the project? I backed a gosh, like I said, I start. I backed at the point where it was still kind of like walking in a hangar and looking at a ship. Um, I forget okay. what the year that was. So yeah, that was like 2013, 14, 14 yeah. Something like that, yeah, about mm -hmm. that long, right? So about five years, right? Back in the head, the hat, the hell helmet flip days, basically. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because because all it was was like I had a little extra money to splash. I was really curious about this game. I figured, why not? I'll I'll kick it out there and see what happens. But I'm not going to bother playing with it until it's something that's actually tangible. Because when I got into the game and walked around the hangar, I was like. Ugh, this is it uh well mm. all right well i'll just step away for a little while and wait for things to to mm. crystallize okay so for question 11 the spinning habits of star citizen backers seem to get a lot of coverage in the media but most backers spend 60 dollars or less or only get one small inexpensive ship could you explain why it seems that most journalists who report on star citizen seem to believe that backers more often than not spend a lot more money on the game uh honestly like um what doesn't help that perception is some of the uh concept sales right so like for example you had a, uh you had a moment where cig had that concierge private function to reveal of that that 600 aegis ship um the aegis nautilus um that doesn't really kind of sit well with a lot of folks and, and and it's sensational right it's just kind of crazy even if it was like a one-off sort of event or it doesn't happen on a regular basis the fact that this happens is just kind of remarkable and and it and you immediately think well why why would why would that happen who would do that <laughs> and why would you know a company you know a, you know want to foster this sort of behavior so so there's a lot of initial gut check reaction uh without getting the whole broad spectrum of everybody's total spending habits all we can really see is like cig has done this big sale of a bunch of motorcycles for 450 dollars. they had a private event in frankfurt germany that would unveil a 600 ship they uh are having these free fly events and you see, or, or, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, fleet week thing going on oh, and you see, yeah, you, you see spikes in sales you know, and, and some people just see this sort of focus in on that without really kind of getting the general picture. And we don't, and that's what kind of makes more people 
what 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 more people tend to watch, right? Nobody wants to read about <laughs> CIG courted about five thousand forty dollar backers. I mean, that's that's uh that's not as big of a headline as CIG opened a, an event for a six hundred dollar ship. Um, so, so do, you, do you feel that that becomes, and I'm, I'm just using the terms because you'll know what I mean. Do you feel that it becomes mm -hmm. clickbait for some some writers or periodicals or magazines because they that becomes their headline and they're going to get viewers? Or is it because they genuinely don't grasp the complete concept or understanding? Because not to be funny, CIG is a business. And, and it's, it's like almost like a damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you don't raise enough money, the project fails, which gamers have been susceptible to over and over as Steam, right? Um, but then oh, yeah. if you do raise too much money, then where's the money going? You know, and it's almost like you're in some weird space in between of trying to, you know, walk that tightrope, you know? Yeah, it's totally a balancing act. And, and, and I don't know if I can't really speak to clickbait, um, but it's something that sort of generate, I mean, yeah, I guess I don't want to call it clickbait mm -hmm. because I, because I, I actually wrote that story about the $600 thing, mm. you know, I was, and, and as somebody who's been watching and following and, and supporting the game, I still think that's freaking nuts. Like, and I still have, feel like there's a duty to tell people that this sort of behavior is happening mm. uh, along with all the other good stuff that's happening, you know, the regular business model and yeah, they're a business. They got to make money. I get that. Mm -hmm. But you're selling a JPEG or a PNG for hundreds of dollars. That I feel like is, I got a duty to point that out too. You know, right, like that's right. just, it's just not fair to everybody to just kind of ignore the weird stuff going on. I mean, we, right. there's people who love the EverQuest series, but you know, we were, there was reports about what the heck Daybreak was doing to change the history books mm -hmm. and literally move their goalposts. Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, I I it's easy to call it clickbait because that's what a lot of people see. That's what they focus on, and that's like the only takeaway. Mm -hmm. um, but I kind of consider it a duty to sort of just make shine a light on on the weird stuff that happens too. As as much as I love to write about all the cool things that are showing off in Inside Star Citizen, the neat stuff that is unveiled at CitizenCon, things like that, you kind of have to. You kind of have to look at stuff, behavior like that, and be like, "Oh, wait, wait why? Why?" Right. Let me give you. Let me give you a different perception from someone who's on the other side, right? Sure. Because there's one perception that we do hear people, you know, and the joke is always about, you know, they're paying X number of dollars for a JPEG. I don't feel I'm buying a JPEG. As a person who's been gaming since, like you, I was. I've been gaming since we used to put uh, punch cards in computers. So that tells you how far <laughs> back it goes, right? Oh, I've yeah. I've watched the evolution of games and, and you've been around long enough to remember when companies like ea came out right. and ea was like that was like the apple of video game producers if you remember they had this unique way of packaging and they changed the way we looked at video games they used to highlight their developers right not the company but the developers there was a whole different change and shift that happened in pc gaming when ea came out now ea is the disdain of the world but back then they were the golden boy of the world right oh, yeah. and, and and people bought into that and when i look at what's going on because i'm very clear about one the amount of money i'm spending and, and what i'm spending it on I'm paying into the dream, not a JPEG. I'm not paying into 
the discard. It's like when you're watching public TV and you're watching and they say, we got Sesame Street going on and this has impact on kids and families. And if you want to support us, if you send us $100, we'll send you this CD. Now, you and I both know that CD is worth five bucks, right? <laughs> but the other 95 yeah. bucks is going toward making sure that the vision of PBS continues. So on the other side, that is for most people, most people that I talk to, that is what they're buying into is the dream. They're sure. buying into the vision. So I and I get why people may feel because the way the industry has been going that these people are spending that much money. Who pays that much money for a JPEG? I get it. I really do. I was an Eve player. We used to call those, you know, JPEGs too. Um, <laughs> but 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 Eve didn't offer me. I can't say how much money I spent on Eve. Oh my God. Eve didn't <laughs> offer me what Eve didn't offer me. Offered me this idea of being able to play something. But what Eve didn't offer me was a possibility of innovation and changing the gaming industry. Now, mind you, that's risky because there's a lot of people who come to the table talking about their next game is going to, you know, a bit. What's the word they use now? A game changer. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, how many times has the community been burned by that? Um, but and I do understand that when you start talking about three digit numbers, four digit numbers. Right. Yeah, I can understand the skepticism that comes because of the way the gaming industry has really burned gamers over the last decade. Um, I get where some of the cynicism comes from. So I just want to put that other side to it because we do hear that JPEG phrase. But, man, there's so many people who tell me, no, dude, I'm, I'm paying for this because I believe in what they're trying to do and I'm hoping that they achieve it. That's why I threw 60 odd $65 at them. I yeah. believe in the dream, too. I really, really do. I and there's there is no world where star citizen failing is a wonderful thing right right if that's your if that's how you feel about things you're a jerk man i mm. I, I nobody even those of us in massively who are just some of the most cynical and weirded out and and squiffed by the the industry practices mm -hmm. uh, in star citizen and in other games uh in crowdfunding in general even but we none of us want games to fail mm -hmm. Like the, I love the MMO genre. I mm -hmm. want games like this to. I want more games like this to happen. Right. If this ha if this literally plays out the way that Roberts and CIG wanted to, this like legitimately could blow open a whole lot for sandbox gaming and sci-fi gaming and PC gaming. Mm -hmm. okay. Um, but I just I and and so I one thousand percent. I'm in on buying into the dream. I get mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And and like, you know, you buy into you're you're willing to you believe in that so hard that you spend that much money. Good on you. I I that's that's your money to spend. Who am I to tell you you're wrong? That's your money. That's what <laughs> you consider value is not my value, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. Um, I just I would love to. I I just worry that. Oh, that's all that people will focus on. And I would like to see that perception change when they do more things like have more direct to flyable ships. Right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If they did more things like that, if mm -hmm. they had less concept sales and more direct flyable sales, uh, then I think that would change a lot of minds in general too. And I think you got a lot of Star Citizen fans who would agree with you. <laughs> Hundred percent, because they were now. Ever you since they did direct the flyable, people, yeah. Ever since they did direct the flyable, people were like, oh, wait, is, "Is the next one going to be direct the flyable?" So yeah, I think that people yeah. would enjoy that more. Fast cart, what were you going to say? I'm sorry, or you were going to no, the next there's, one? Okay, yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of um comparison with, with League of Online, for instance. They do it a different way. People can buy a Plex 
and and sell that in game for, for in game credit, and then they, they, sell, they sell enough crack they can buy like a dreadnought or something. It's just, it's almost the same process. It's, it's you can sell, call it a JPEG spaceship. They're spending real life money to get a spaceship, but it's it's on a, it's it, the mechanics are different, but and and it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be. I mean, it, it doesn't seem to be as important much. I, I don't I don't know how often people do it, but it it, it is done. But you know, it's just that the citizen does it up front. I know. Don't you would remind me about Eve and make me think about how much money I spent in that game. That's not a good thing to do. Um, <laughs> really, not a good thing to do because I was one of those people who got caught up into buying Plex at one point because I wanted to expedite my advancement in the game. You know. Um, but you're right. And even sometimes when there's the reports about Eve, like, you know, when you have the big battles, they'll publish, you know, X number of dollars in value of ships, you know, exactly. was destroyed. Yep. Uh, and there may be some people to say, what? You know, um, so it is different. But again, I think that some of the cynicism comes from an industry and a community that, for one, uh, has been burned. I will grant them that, that, that we've been burned a lot by games and, and you know, startups or whatever. Uh, but I think I'm, I'm an old guy too. I know Chris, you were talking about this earlier about how we used to have to read things, right? Read the PC magazines and read this. And we used to have to read manuals, right? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, if you um, wanted the story, you had to open up the wait, manual. Yeah, you had to open the wait, manual. Wait, wait, you know. Wait, what is this thing you call manual? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you used to have to do that, you know. And and now we are in a very, for lack of a better term, uh, we're in a time of people with much people want gratification very quickly you know and and we see that's happened in gaming so i'm not going to belabor that point go ahead fast card we'll go to the next question we'll beat this to horse to death i just want to say can we bring it up at some point it's like like um, some people spend money on other hobbies like golf they spend money on on clubs and uh, or for us game gamers we spend money on our pc rig so you know it's like there's different um, scales and stuff like that, but everyone has a hobby and everyone can can, can spend the money that, that, that they want yeah. because it's their money. Yeah. But on to the next question. Question 12. Most video games are produced behind closed doors. There's a mission about a period of development silence, which has gone for years, maybe an update or two on occasion, and then beta and then release. Do you feel like the transparency of Squadron 42 and Star Citizen from the announcement to now has hurt or helped it? I kind of feel like it sort of hurt it a little bit more than helped it. I, they, they, they kind of were in the middle for a little bit there, but... Um, the and and this isn't just unique to to star citizen either i'm kind of seeing a lot of update burnout with things like um like camelot unchained for example mm-hmm. um uh th- there's just a lot of and that kind of goes back to that point i made earlier about how everybody's seeing all the grimy dirty little pieces that make up game development especially games that haven't tried a whole lot of new things before um or are trying to do some new things, and and uh, it's and it's just weird and uncomfortable, and I, and I don't know. I feel like the um, Star Citizen does a great job of putting production value on those incremental steps, right? They have like a whole video series, and and they have inside Star Citizen, yeah, inside Star Citizen, and calling all devs, and like they they really put like a lot of glitz into that. I guess it's like a, 
a sterile sausage factory, if you want to look at it that way to extend the analogy. Um, but like it's it's still kind of just you're still seeing small little tiny steps. And when you kind of don't have a whole lot of perceived gain there, right? All you're seeing is these little tiny the, you if you take it at face value that Star Citizen made a video where they spent seven or eight minutes talking about how the lights on buildings turn on and off. That's not really remarkable to a lot of people, right? <laughs> like, who cares that you're building? No, some people do. Yeah, so and some people do, right? And and but in general, like, there's but there's always still that other perception as well that like there's these are little tiny things that nobody needs to know about. So it's and some people totally do, absolutely. Uh, but but I think that does a little more harm than good in some cases. And then they also have unique stuff that like. Like they're talking about, you know, the the specifics of how different mining lasers work, and and that's really kind of unique and interesting, and really adds a whole new level of gameplay. Like mm -hmm. it, it's all sort of multi-layered. Sometimes they, there's uh, these little seeing these little things come together is really interesting and satisfying and and cool to ha see happen, and then other times you're like, we've spent a lot of time on why people are getting mysterious sandwiches in their hands. I don't know. Like, yeah. you know, so it's it's uh it's it's sort of half and half though maybe a little more harm than good in some cases i don't know so so here's the question so in your in your perspective do you think like they come out with a mark one of a ship and then become mark two and then mark three like the like the origin um the origin 300 series had a rework do you, do you think stuff like that hurt the, hurt, hurt the project or hurt, hurt the perception of the project a little bit, because there is still that sort of assumption to, by some folks, I think, that you're paying for power, right? Or you're paying to win. Even though there's no real win condition in Star Citizen regardless, mm -hmm. people are still assuming, like, how do I get to, you know, be really good at piracy or blowing up other ships? I'll just chuck about 80, 80 or $100 at, at the problem. Mm. Um, and, and that sort of misses the point of, one, I mean... There's no end game. <laughs> Nobody wins. Mm -hmm. uh, and two, like some of the bigger ships need a lot of other people to fly them. I mean, and and three, like there's there you can now now you can get this stuff with you know in game money. You don't need to spend. You don't need to open your wallet. You really don't. Um, but it's but you you still see this progression of power, right? You have like the you know the the old ships like the Hornet. And then you move on to stuff that's doing crazy things, like that ship that's pulling people out of uh, out of warp, or yeah, or the yeah yeah or the Carrick, or or the Mole, which is basically you know like you know the the old mining ship but better and cooler. You know, there's there's that sort of progression of power where you can see it on one side is like, oh cool, they're having purpose built ships, and then the other side of the coin is. Oh, cool! They're they're releasing you know stuff that's basically causing people to race to the top, and and it's I don't know it's it's uh, that that seems to do a, a little bit more harm than good. I think that you know part of what you're mentioning is um, some of it is perception, and some of it is bad communication, maybe on behalf of CIG. Um, for sure. ex for example, uh, people who've been in the game long enough know and have seen 
people take a ship that's $65 and blow up somebody's ship that costs $300. And Chris has always said that this would be skill-based. Uh, you even mentioned a moment ago that, yeah, it's great to say I can go out and buy a, um, <clears throat> a Polaris, but I got to have eight people to fly it. Uh, the risk versus reward says that if that ship gets blown up, I might have to wait five days before I get it back. You know, is that something people want to do? But but I think because the way games have always been, there is this assumption that if you spend money, it's giving you some advantage over other players. And CIG has made it very, very clear that they want to make sure that there is a balance that that doesn't happen. And I, I know there's this is always this argument of pay to win, pay to advance, whatever the case may be. Uh, but from my experience and from what I've seen, and I think a lot of people in the game have seen, is that they're really trying to base this around skill. That's why there aren't levels. You know, a lot of games, you know, you have all this stuff with levels and everything. Uh, there's reputation that says how much you play the game and how well you do the game will have impact on other things that you can and cannot do or access. But that's a matter of how much time you spend in the game. Nobody can pay for reputation. I can spend $10,000 on something, but if this planet says you can't come here, I can't come there regardless of how much money I've spent. So I, I think that that they need to do better with communication. And also, the, one of the problems that came up was the website itself. Because the website isn't always clear. As you mentioned, if someone goes there and says, I want to get into this game, and they happen to, now they've done it now, they have a page that says the starter ships and starter packages. But back in the day when you hit that page, you know, you hit everything from, you know, $1,500 down to 45 bucks. And obviously, people would initially say, well, is this how much it costs to play the game? And, and that's because the way the industry has been structured all these years, you know, we talk about backing. We've never really looked at it in that way before, I don't think, at least for gamers. So I think that they needed to do a better job in, in letting people understand. I think even when you talked about that paywall, the $600 paywall, or if you're not concierge, you can't see certain things. I think it's almost a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation again. Because if it was open to everybody to see what's behind that wall, they'd be criticizing it. But then there are other people who say, well, you know, we want to we want to see what's behind the wall and we can't. So we're being cheated. I mean, you know, it's a weird thing. And I, I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier about what's the tightrope, you know, that creates balance. And CIG is learning, you know, new company, a lot of old veterans in there, but new company starting out with a new concept and vision. And um, I'm going to lead that into my next question. Chris, I'm going to skip the next question because you already answered it because you said that you felt that if CIG succeeds, it will have a great impact on the industry. So I'm not going to make sure. you have to repeat that again. Um, what has, to you, and I just talked about this, what to you has CIG done well? And what do you think maybe some things were that they could have done better? Honestly, now they're sort of, like uh, like I said before, they're sort of making good on on what, they are putting out there they're showing off stuff that they're working on they're kind of talking about it in videos and and articles and stuff like that and then they they actually like add it in they're doing a little bit better of managing their timeline um, uh, some more not great 3.9 had a whole lot of features and then a whole bunch of them got cut or pushed back right um so there's still work to improve there but but they are they do seem to be doing a better job of knowing the <laughs> how hot that fire is and how much it burns when they say we will hit this target and it's missed mm -hmm. like that <laughs> yeah. it, it it sucks so they're getting better at trying to sort of gauge windows and 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 be honest with how much time things are taking and stuff like that that's one thing I'm seeing kind of improve, but they could do better. 
I mean, uh, like I still think, for example, Invictus was pretty nasty, right? Like the, uh, it was nasty. Uh, they, those servers are getting beat up, up and down. They're not ready for stuff like this. They're not ready for big events, for big public splash events. They're not ready. It's not ready. The servers are not set. The tech ain't there yet. Persistence isn't nearly where it needs to be. Like, if you want to have, like, a big event, wait until all the servers are merged and you have one persistent universe, right? Wait until a lot of that bedrock is really laid down. Don't do these big events when you're still just one solar system and your servers are kind of wonky just on a regular basis, mm. you know? But on the other hand, this is Alpha and this is the testing phase. This gives them information and data to, to improve and move on. So when it actually goes to the people or like goes live, they, they won't have these issues when it really counts. Sure, and that's fine, but they don't frame it like that, right? Mm. They don't say well, it, it, this is a large frame, public. But it, in, in different places, it's I not out front. Put it that way. Yeah, that's what, and that's what I'm saying. That's my point. They should see like this is a big mass test. We want to see how our servers handle this stuff, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Instead, they're they're putting out sizzle reels for Invictus Fleet Week and and spending days and days and weeks and weeks talking about the lore of Invictus and. And the stuff that you'll see and the things you can do and all the ships that are coming and can be tested and buy for free, this, that, and the other thing. Oh, mm -hmm. by the way, we have sales. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, they are, they're less public events, they're, or they're less public, like, stress tests, and they feel more like sale events. Like, they, like, we need a, a quick cash injection. Mm. And that's not, that's not good for people who have already are worried that this game is just nothing but trying to fleece people. That mm. doesn't send a good message, especially when the free event doesn't work. Yeah. Like that's that that's puts a thorn in people's brain. Yeah. And and I think that's a great point. I think that uh even if they had done the sale because you know, not to be funny, it, the, they they have a very glossy marketing plan, right? You see the commercials oh, yeah. and it's like holy smoke. I, every time I say I'm not spending any more money, I see one of those commercials in my wallet, it's like, okay, what am I spending? You know, that's how I feel. <laughs> right? Um Those are like the you know, slickest they, they are. Though, right? They are. They 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 draw you in. But I think you're absolutely right. And I know that there may be some concern. Some people may not agree with this. I don't know that it wouldn't hurt. So on, on the bottom of that screen, have down, this game is in alpha and for testing. Um, first of all, it, it says that they're they're being upfront and letting people know what they're getting into. And maybe some people still don't get it, even if you say that, you know. But I think that, yeah, I think that there is this, like you said, the sizzle. And when you watch the commercial and you see the F8s flying, it you see a game that is functioning. And if you do bring people in, even if it's free fly, even if they haven't spent money, and there have been citizens who've said this, people who are in the game who say sometimes they're a little nervous about inviting people in because they don't want people to walk away from the experience, even though, you know, they understand the, what the game could be. Those people may not get it. And so they're turned off. And so now they don't want to come back, you know, or they don't want to spend money. Or they, don't want, they don't want to back. So... You know, I think that your point to me is a, is a well-made well point in the sense of we do need to let those people who don't understand what it means to be an alpha, you know, the, the history of Star Citizen, that when you're coming to a free event, you're also helping us 
test the game. And I think that kind of takes some pressure off. But there are going to be some people who are going to complain no matter what, right? It's going to, yeah, exactly. People are still going to whine. And, and But if you don't get a little more forthright with that, mm-hmm. all people are going to walk away from is a bad experience, crash server. They're not going to care what mm-hmm. other advancements happen. Mm-hmm. They're only going to be like, yeah, you know what? The people who said this game is a ripoff, well, they were right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh. Okay, so you think people who who have a bad experience now won't come, won't come back at all, or once to, or maybe they'll wait and see. They'll be they'll be gun shy. I mean, uh, once bitten, twice shy, right? It's 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 hard to say. I mean, there's people who, we even though Fallout seventy six Wastelanders did a lot to write its ship, <laughs> when that came out on Steam, mm-hmm. there were people whose sole purpose in life was to bomb that game's reviews to make sure nobody touched it because they were in Fallout 76 from the off. Mm. They had a bad experience. That's it. This game can't possibly be fixed, right? That was the that was what they were hell-bent on driven and driving on, and and that sucks. That really is unfair, Yeah, especially you... the games that are trying to be unique and, and develop new stuff like Star Citizen is trying to do. Well, you mentioned No Man's Sky earlier, and that's another example, right? Um, I didn't buy No Man's Sky when it first came out because I was extremely skeptical because that was ambitious to me. And I was like, you know, I'm not feeling it. I'll wait and see. And um, after the game came out and all the hoopla happened, eventually I did buy it when they started working on it. And it's been a slow process, but a lot of people have started to come back to it. But there are also a lot of people who said, I'm not touching it. I don't care what they've done to it. I do think there was a lot of harm that happened when people, you know, bought into the vision of what they thought they saw. So I think it's a little bit of both. Those people who will come back and then those people who no matter what you tell them, you know, they're gone, you know. And then, and then there's the success story of Final Fantasy XIV. They had a horrible start, and then they had to sit down and you know create a, a, almost a new game from scratch, almost, mm-hmm. and call it Reborn. And they've been successful ever since. Yeah, but they also have the history of their franchise to back them. You know That's what true. I mean? Where well, No yeah, Man's Sky was a new to... company. Yeah, I mean, you know. Well, well Chris Roberts had the history of Wing Commander. Yeah, but I was just mentioning it in relation to No Man's Sky. You know, their that game company didn't have a lot to stand on, you know. And even though we understood, people who were in the gaming industry understood what happened with Sony and distribution and short of time, blah, blah, blah. People didn't care about that. They they had bought into that idea of this great game where they could do all these things. And, and for 60 bucks, they got burned, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, let's move on here. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, oh. Here's a, and Chris, you already know this, but we're going to read a quote that came from Ma- uh, Massively, um, and it was the Massively OP staff pick for the worst, Chris mentioned this earlier, the worst business MMO model for 2018. And, and you wrote, I'm coming around to the potential of Star Citizen, but even I have to agree that there's a point where the folks behind the game have to close up the store, stop selling ships, knuckle down, and actually create more compelling content. I'm still positive they can do it. They just need to stop with the panhandling and bloody well create stuff already. Chris, just so you'll know, there are people in Star Citizen who say the same thing. Okay, so you're yeah. not you're not by yourself. Okay. Um, so the, the question though is, do you still feel the CIG should quote unquote close up the store and stop selling ships? Why or why not? And would you propose? How would you propose to make money to develop the game if they were to do that? My mind has changed a tiny little bit on that. Um, I, I would rather that they 
sell direct to flyable ships if they have to sell ships at all. Mm -hmm. um, but I still think that they need to, yes, focus more on on kind of making things happen, getting stuff to work. And they have been to to, the, to their credit, they they are getting to a point. And and at that point, uh, I, that was what, 2018, right? Right, right, right. That, so. So that was still a point where it felt like they were still making tools, right? Mm -hmm. They were still trying to work out. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there, there's a lot more tools being made then though. It felt like there was, you know, they were still trying to get socks to work and, and persistence wasn't super altogether there. I don't think at that point. Um, so, but so now they've gotten to a point where they've, they're not making as many tools now, right? They still have the quantum, uh, which is gosh, I can't wait for that freaking to get. <laughs> um, they're still working on quantum, and and they've and they're finished, and they've got like their new Planet V four stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and yes, they're still doing some some tool tweaking, like the uh, like the um, what is it? What's the uh, one that they have for the HUDs for for ships? The the blocks. I forget the name of it. Uh, not just for ships either, but like um, for glass? no, not mobile glass. No, not 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 the mobile glass. So the uh, the I forget the name of it, but it basically allows them to sort of yeah, 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 yeah. So so they're thank doing you, that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, building blocks. UI. That's it. Uh, so the building blocks. They're still making cargo stations, as as uh, was pointed out as well. They're mm. they're still building on quantum, but it still doesn't feel like they're they're making piece tools as much and actually applying them or using them to create stuff. Uh, so there's there, they, they kind of are improving a little bit on that front. It's still kind of incremental. I would like them to kind of make things a lot more stable server wise, for sure. For example, they, that's always going to be like constant bugbear anyway. I don't, I don't Nobody's ever figured server stability out full stop. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, that I, my mind has changed a tiny little bit on that. I, I think they should. I I, I will amend now to say I don't think they should close the shop mm -hmm. so much as reel it back a bit, right? Mm -hmm. okay. Have more fly, have more direct to flyable ships, uh, you know, stuff like that. And merch sales are, you know, merch is fine, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. merch is no big deal. But um, uh, yeah, I I I I don't I I kind of changed my mind a little bit on that. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. And, and since you kind of touched on the idea of what you feel would help with uh, moving from concepts to direct sales, I'm going to skip question 16 for you. So you just kind of responded to that already. Um, yeah. One of the most successful video games in history was GTA 5, or is GTA 5. Uh, as of 2019, Rockstar has shipped over 120 million copies worldwide and made sales of exceeding $5 billion. GTA 5 was announced back in 2008 and was released in 2013. And at that time, Rockstar had a studio, it was fully staffed, had a working game engine, and, and they spent $265 million to produce that game. And today with inflation, that would cost about $296 million to produce it. And Star Citizen has reached just over. In fact, they're, they've, are they at 290 now, Fast Cart? Where are they at now? Almost 295. Almost 295 million. So they're approaching that number now. Uh, no, from, no, they are at 295. No, no, I mean, I mean approaching 296. They're approaching 296, the yeah, same amount the GTA would yeah. cost, right? Uh, from backers over these past eight years. Why do you think there is an issue with some in the gaming community and with CIG raising that level of money 
not just for one game, but for two, because this is encompassing both Squadron 42 and Star Citizen at the same time. Well, like, people are mad that two games happened, for one thing. Like, um, <laughs> at, look at Ashes of Creation. Mm -hmm. They went out and released or talked about a AOC Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. People got mad at it, right? Mm. Uh, Camelot Unchained said that they were kicking out another game. People got mad. They're still mad at Mark Jacobs and, and City State over that mm. nonsense. So, you know, just there's a, it's, it's a, it's like this sort of armchair developer thing where like everybody thinks they know how this works and, or it has some assumptions or even maybe even some educated guesses, mm. but we don't really know for sure. Uh, as far as the amount of money that's gone into this game versus what's out now. What is it now? Seven years? Almost eight years? Yep. And they have one solar system to show for it. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't seem like um, that doesn't seem like money well spent, especially when they are hell-bent on making their own tools, right? Mm -hmm. And doing their own thing, building their own engine, having everything sort of like bespoke, right? Mm -hmm. When there are engines out there that have already solved this problem. Mm -hmm. They're calling their actor for system it's 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 hunger and thirst that's already been done by dozens mm -hmm. of survival games already you know having buildings turn lights on and off that is that's that seems like something that was already handled by unreal mm -hmm. there's there's stuff out there that has already been that already has made these things happen and probably doesn't require that as much money as as star citizen seems to need mm -hmm. in order to to run right right so, so there's this idea that they're just wasting money on making bespoke things that are ultimately useless, and all they have to show for it is a single, it's just one system with a few planets and moons, and not all of the gameplay beats. It, it's it's uh, and that's that's um, it's it that that hurts. That hurts perception. It's true that they have one system. But the planets that are in that system, some of those planets belong to other, to other systems. So they had to bring it into the standing system for, for, for the tech bed. Because, mm -hmm. because eventually, um, traveling between systems, you know, that, that, that's, that's a little bit down the line. But they wanted to get the plant that they do have ready, put it into standing, and, you know, for people to play on and, and, and have feedback on. And, and, and to Fastcart's point, and I, and I understand you said perception. Because, you know, yeah, perception for a lot yeah. of people is reality, right? Uh, people sure. here, there's only one system. Um, and, and of course, that makes them think, well, what have they been doing all this time? But uh, let me give you another picture of that. Because you said something earlier. You said, well, they were working on this, that, and the other, and it's not a big deal or whatever. Um, I remember reading where people said, well, they were working on bartending. Why are they doing that? You know, <laughs> exactly. right? Of all things that they're working on, right? <laughs> But the reality of it is that bartending is the template for the AI in the game that will now move to storekeepers, shops, people in uh, AI who are flying your planes, all types of other things. The bartender was just the place where they started to work. So it extends beyond, you know, something as simple as the bartender. And there are a lot of things in Star Citizen that people will, will see and they will think, well, it's just this or why. Hey, Joshua, thank you for the follow. I'm not sure who did before that. Um, oh, the subscription. I'm sorry. Thank you for the subscription. Um, and, and, and so I think that 
I, believe me, but I'm like you. I've, I've been in here since 2013 or 2014, something like that. Uh, most of that. Thank you for the follow. Um, and I've watched all of this. And again, being old school gamer, right? We've been living through the technology and the change. Uh, when we say that, well, they're working on lights, who cares? Well, we're working on lights, who cares? Because that particular orbital runs on a certain clock because it's actually rotating around its planet, which is also really rotating around the sun, not a picture in a JPEG that every other game has had. Yep. Now, if people don't know that, they think this is no different than Ark or Seven Days to Die that have day and night cycles. They don't have that. And so some people will say, and this is within the community, well, who cares about that much detail? Do I need to see the rivet? You know what I mean? And see the name of the manufacturer that's next to the rivet, right? <laughs> Do I need to see the shadows yeah. of every rivet? I mean, and, and there are people who say it. And then there's other group of people who will spend an hour looking at the rivets, you know, and look <laughs> at the detail. You know, I mean, there's there's both sides to this, you know, this whole piece that we've been talking about. Uh, and I, I have to say this to other people who are in the in the game when, when folks within the community get to working up about, you know, why is this taking so long? And, and I say this. Chris Roberts' first video, he said, I want to make the game that I've always wanted to play. He did not say, I want to make the game that you guys have asked for. <laughs> now, that's a hard pill to swallow because it says that we have to be willing to go with his vision, even though there's forums and you know people submit stuff through Spectrum and all this other stuff. He said, I want to make the game that I want to make. Um, George Lucas, when he writes his Star Wars films, I'm sure there are plenty of people that try to tell him how to run his thing, but it's his thing. And you can like a Star Wars movie or you can hate a Star Wars movie, right? Um, if George Lucas said tomorrow that I'm going to, thanks, Alicia. Hey, Alicia, thank you for the subscription. If, uh, if George Lucas came out tomorrow and said, I'm starting a new film company, I'm starting a new space series, and I need people to donate, do you think people would donate? There'd be plenty of people that would donate. And there'd be plenty of people who said the first three movies sucked. I'm not giving them a dime, right? <laughs> I mean, you're going to have both sides to that because some people felt burned from those movies. Or other people felt like, man, if George Lucas is doing it, then maybe I'll take a chance on it. And I think there are people who've looked at Chris Roberts in that same way. Maybe from a, a very nostalgic standpoint, you know? Um, those people who were around back in the early, day, early days of Wing Commander and remember what it felt like to get into something that was different. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of variables in there, but I think that when, and I, maybe this is back to CIG, you know, not just talking about the bartender, but really explaining in, in greater detail. But then we've got some people in the community who don't want to hear the details. There are people who watch uh, Calling All Devs and say, ah, it was boring. Then there are other people who sit there and, and watch lore, you know, the lore stuff and, and they eat it up. So it's a tough, it's a tough way to make everybody happy, not just outside the community, but even within the community. Oh, for sure. And, and I think context is key, right? Because like... They, there's an, a lot of assumption that people who are watching the Star Citizen stuff already know what's come beforehand, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't, and, and and if they don't kind of like lay out why this sort of thing is interesting or a step forward, that just that doesn't help that whole perception, mm -hmm. right? That, right. Of, of why it's taking this long, why they're spending this much money, and the only takeaway people are getting from is like the lights turn off, right? It's, it's, you know. The, <laughs> If if you don't explain the lights turn off because we have a, a a system that has an orbiting and that that orbits the sun at a regular interval all the time whether you're online or not like mm -hmm. that that's that that would help it's I mm -hmm. I think and and that's not something that they've really been super communicative about. Mm -hmm. Best card, you gonna say something? 
Yes, sorry. It, it, went to, uh, it was Nascavian who gifted four stars to, to a bunch of us. Oh, dude, awesome. So, so, I, so I want to say thank you for that. Yes. Also, we found, we found a link for the quest for the quest form, and I'm going to put that in again. So if you have a question, go, go, go ahead and submit a question there. Thank you. That's it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I did have, I, no, no, it's no, on I you. Have, oh, okay. I did have one other. Like you, you're talking about the CID has been making tools to make the, to make the game, and you know, and they, they come a long way. But to continuing to, to but still in the process of making tools is also what my thing how the sources is made. So do you think that they're not striking a, a balance? I think they're getting better at that. Like there was a point during all, through a lot of 2018, there was a lot of my perception was, you know, they're just constantly doing stuff or making things that have already been done. Why are you, why is it taking so long for this, these tools to be made? And now we're in 2019 and into 2020, those tools are being applied now, right? The it's all that work is starting to bear a lot more perceptual or even obvious fruit. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so I, I, um, I don't know. They, they, they sort of rip themselves into a corner here because they feel like they need to kick out the inside star citizen every week, even though they don't have necessarily a whole lot to say maybe that week. Sometimes. Well, then, then they, they, they take off a month break when, when they get past coming out too. Right. So exactly. And then, right. Yeah. If, they, if they break it up and they're just good because they need to build up more stuff to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I, again, it's it's a matter of just balance. It's that it's once going going back to that whole tightrope block. They're just walking on all the tightropes. You know? mm. They're just they need to kind of. It's it's hard to strike a balance between keeping people informed of what they're doing versus actually like making something that feels like legit progress to to not just the people who are invested in the game like financially as well as emotionally, but just just in general, people who are on the periphery and the outside looking in, just kind of like orbiting around the outside, right? Even the haters, man. You know, what better way to shut up a hater and people who are dumping on the game than making some legit forward steps, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And plus, you know, they, they, not only are they making tools, and I, I forgot the point I was going to make, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. okay. Continue on. Yeah, hey, it's Dick. Thanks for uh, the follow. We saw you. Uh, next question is on you, Fast Card 18. It's on you. Okay. We're almost done, guys. Two more questions. <laughs> we'll take any questions. questions. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm long-winded. No, 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 we're doing no, good. No, no, it's good. We're having a good conversation. It's partly our fault, too, for asking questions. <laughs> so question 18. If Dark Citizen and Fighting Front 42 are never released, it will be devastating not to not only those who have backed the game, but also the idea of crowdfunding video games in general. But if CIG accomplishes the goal of making the best damn base game ever, producing both Squad 42 and Star Citizen, from your perspective, what would be the impact on the game industry? I think that would make crowdfunding a little less weird. Not ultimately, though. Um, but I think it would kind of help people assume that crowdfunded projects, kickstarted projects, even the biggest, biggest ones, like Star Citizen, can actually happen. And... Uh, it's. It still feels like if if Star Citizen really and Squadron Forty Two legitimately complete everything they set out to do, it will be a big moment. But it'll also be like it'll also still feel like a little bit like a lightning in a bottle thing, like kind of like World of Warcraft was a perfect storm sort of release. This one would be like a a triumphant success, 
but they did it in spite of all of these odds and and difficulties and trials and 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 all this other thing like any other game in the world would call this development hell if we were talking about a standard video game. <laughs> yeah right so like they um so at, on the one point i think it would ease some minds about crowdfunding kickstarter could absolutely hold this up and be like hey this game that has been just and one of the most incredible space sandboxes of our of of our gaming generation has started here and so you know we 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 uh we're we're the place where dreams really do come true and, and that'll help but uh, it's it's it'll make a pre i think it'll make a splash but i don't think it'll be super super widespread overall there's there's still going to be people who are going to be risk averse there's still going to be publishers who are going to chase the easy money but i think it'll it'll help embolden crowdfunding kind of ease some of those concerns a little bit and and kind of maybe make people think that you know what you know maybe these big crazy projects can actually happen now i mean you know something as quote unquote bloated as star citizen happened why can't this other games happen so, so it's interesting that you, you just called a game bloated or as other journalists or bloggers and and, and people who report on game are actually called a game vaporware so <laughs> what do you think <laughs> <laughs> well uh, and so again it's just a matter of perception and also not doing the homework again right because people are just sort of taking things at face value and just sort of maybe glossing through comments and assumptions and and kind of taking the temperature of the wider gaming populace and thinking okay well this game isn't really gonna ever come together or it's just not a whole lot there um and there isn't much there but there's more than people think too you know mm -hmm. it's i i saw someone yeah I, exactly i saw someone in the in the um in the chat say something and i'm gonna paraphrase and i apologize if i got this quote wrong it said this game has this weird mixture of incredible polish and really weird problems all at once <laughs> <laughs> and, and and like it's 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 one of the most unique games as a result of that so so yeah that's it's it's just so divergent and weird and sloppy and messy and and bumpy and long and huge budgets and huge promises and huge production values and and really interesting steps and fascinating things and and spaceships that are modeled and designed and loved with like forza and gran turismo levels of adoration like, <laughs> it's car porn for things that don't exist um it's just such an odd amalgam and it's 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 just as fascinating to watch this sort of thing coalesce it's like poking a weird germy thing at a petri dish right you know it's just it's gonna it's always gonna draw attention kind of like with eve online you know people don't want to play the game but gosh dang do they love reading about them wars <laughs> especially when it costs like three million dollars in chip damage and stuff like that. Yeah. exactly right yeah it's and it's it's just so weird and in this game almost seems like it's too strange to die but if it manages to make it that'd be awesome ultimately it would be awesome and i think like in the greater game world maybe a little more ease in 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 crowdfunding mm -hmm. but ultimately what it'll mean is that people get the space game that they want like like people of 
who bought into that dream. Like you were talking about funding the dream, mm -hmm. throwing money at the dream. That dream has become reality. Now, now all of a sudden it's there. It's, it's, it's tangible. You can do the thing now. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Okay. And I, I and I remember the point I, I was gonna I was gonna make um to a couple of questions you know is that Star Citizen have both have to be a playable game right now and still be in, in development and if it, if it wasn't for the fact that it had to be playable in a certain state they probably may, may, might have finished by now or or gotten got, gotten a lot more done. Yeah, it, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's possible that they they should have had more done before it was made playable that possibly but they are where they are now they're adding things on it's starting to layer up you know we'll we'll see it's it's still a it's still a slow process and yeah. it's still got a very long way to go which is doesn't help the perception of it's taking forever. yeah okay okay Ta -da! final question <laughs> <laughs> yep. question 19 would you consider taking a tour of a strategy CID studio in Los Angeles, California, Austin, Texas, Manchester, England, or St. Frank, Germany for an article? If so, how would you prepare and what would you ask? If not, why? I would, are you kidding me? Of course I'd love to take it. Wow, that's a, <laughs> what? Yes, absolutely. All right, well, Chris, Chris, we're going to rub it in for you. Fastcart and I have both had tours. <laughs> So, so, so that means that means that means that you have got to set yourself up to go on a tour because you you should have a little more clout. That, well, I don't know. Fast Car's the ambassador, so he you know he has clout. I don't have clout, but I I did get to go to Austin. Fast Car, which which one did you go to? Which studio? Any place the closest to you, but like Austin or LA. Okay, okay, all right. So go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but there you go. No, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> jerks um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i would totally love to have, uh, if if i ever got an opportunity heck yes i would totally take it um mm. uh but as as far as what i ask it really depends on the context of why it would be there because mm -hmm. like for example i had a couple of interviews i was lucky enough to get it land a couple of interviews with some of the developers about the mole and about the their drive towards economic gameplay and stuff like mm -hmm. that so you know, uh, you know, I I had some for I had some foreknowledge of what the topics were and and the the focus of the 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 visit or the of the interview and stuff like that. So so I kind of prepared based on that information. So I mean, it's but so without knowing the context of the visit, you know, right? I mean, I would well, try to yeah. There's there's always frame, gonna, I'm sorry. Probably frame the contact yourself. Yeah, if if I was given the opportunity to, you know, make it up myself, then yeah, I guess the questions I would ask would be like, you know, obviously, you know, what's the big thing that's going to be coming out next, right? That's because everybody wants to know what's what's the next step forward. So that's the obvious question. Um, I would kind of like reel back on what things they want to improve that are in the game now. And uh, maybe ask about where they feel in terms of balancing adding new stuff versus improving what's in there. Like, how do they kind of toe that line? Which which is more important to them right now? Or how do they feel like they're doing and keeping that sort of balanced? And, uh, you know, I'd ask a lot of Swiss Squadron 42, too. Because the, the, the information about that, they only kick out that that newsletter that has like that list of things that mm -hmm. they've been doing for squadron 42 but you know 
what they they've delayed a squadron 42 video now recently too haven't they so so i would kind of like maybe poke them a little bit more about how squadron 42 is going especially now that they've sort of buried that whole legal uh fight that they mm -hmm. had mm -hmm. i feel like now they can maybe focus more on making squadron 42 a reality yeah so i think maybe <clears throat> they'd be able to answer some more questions or be willing to answer some more questions about that too so it's 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 it's, it's oh. kind of broad strokes it's a broad strokes interview in my head or visit in my head but that that would be the, that would be my points i think so it sounds like to me you have like enough enough material or questions you can have like three articles maybe four <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. it depends depends on how you long i like you can have like a series yeah totally i would love it yes are you kidding me i love that like immediate future how they are and things where squadron 42 and for the love of god tell me how quantum is doing <laughs> i want quantum oh you want an interview with tony zerovac i do for that. yeah, yeah okay. i do yeah that, that oh, would be tony, tony do you have another fan yeah that, no that, <laughs> that would like be it's hard to not be a fan of him though because the the excitement that was in his presentation and at uh last year's citizen conference was palpable dude mm -hmm. it was crazy yeah it was it was you oh, know real quick follower yeah, go oh, sorry. no go ahead no go ahead oh, okay have you have you considered trying to get a tour before now having a what i'm sorry a tour oh have I, tried, I i've not tried to get a tour no i've not um honestly i kind of don't reach out to uh game companies myself directly mm -hmm. uh i kind of want to just have them approach me if possible mm -hmm. by virtue of the fact that like i kind of it doesn't feel like i'm sort of trying to beg for them for stuff right i mm -hmm. kind of want to that feels a little bit itchy to me sort of a little mm -hmm. tiny bit like that like that sort of and i know i know i would write things honestly and and keep you know are the journalistic integrity of massively in mind and, and not have CIG rule the narrative, but mm -hmm. at the same time, it still feels kind of, that's a little too close to that point for me. Yeah. If I reached out to them directly, you know what I mean? I, you know, and I would say, Chris, and I know I, I, and I, I get from that perspective uh, where you're coming from, I would say that I think the frustration with players is that it seems that most people who do write about star citizen, we, we see it as, um, we don't know where the sourcing comes from and i'm not trying to I'm, I'm not trying to be funny when i say this you know there in, in the past you know there are people who will say that we used to work at cig blah 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 you know and there's always that question of is it true not and i'm not referring to mass i'm speaking in general mm -hmm. um and and i think that when we have seen those different journal um uh, media outlets who like for example click went to citizen con talked to people um i can't think of the digital foundry you know, talks with the devs directly and, and has had access. And I think what it does is that it lends greater credibility um, because so much is behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Even though the transparency is there, even for the community. But when you guys report from that angle, from the fact that, listen, this is what I saw for myself. This is the dev. Like you mentioned a few minutes ago, you had an opportunity to be on the phone with some devs and talk with them. Um, I think that that's something that it would be nice to see from those people who do cover because there's so much stuff, especially through social media, and you know this from YouTube, there's so much stuff that's being fed out there. You know, who's got the legit story, you know? And oh, yeah. if you've got a reputable name and people recognize you, I think that people will say, well, at least they went for themselves and found out, not just because of what some blogger said or some streamer said or what the rumor was. 
So, and I, and, but again, I do understand the fact that if they reach out to you, there is a different dynamic that takes place there. Um, yeah, and that's a fair point too. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. I, and I get where you're coming from. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just kind of like trying to reach out, but like at the same time, I just yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's a question of how how much. Cl- I'm not a name, man. You know, I'm not fast card. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I wanted to say, like, put for, 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 for an request for a CID tour and yeah, tell them fast card no. sent you. You ain't. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the access, right? <laughs> Oops, I dropped this name. Oh man. Yeah, there you, so there you go. There you go. I was honest. I was on this little show called yeah. Soul Citizen, and yeah, they said right. I could request. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. I think that our point was we were just encouraging you that if we got in, I think you'd have access to get in. I think that's where we wanted <laughs> that's to go fair. with that. That's fair. And, um, and I'll try to investigate that. Afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Make it, make it happen. Yeah. The other thing, and you touched on this, and, and we're going to, I don't think we have any big questions to uh, to ask today. Um, but I, I do want to say this, and we talked about it earlier, and you just touched on it about Squadron 42. I think one of the biggest frustrations I've had is, and this goes into talking about communication again, or how things are interpreted, or how things are perceived. And you were around early enough to know that originally the project was about Squadron 42. It wasn't about Star Citizen. Star Citizen became the afterthought later, right? But people have blurred that line. And so when people say, why hasn't the game come out? It's because Star Citizen has gotten so much focus where Squadron 42 has has been quietly and secretly in development, right? We don't have transparency to see really what's going on because they want to protect obviously the story and a lot of other things we find out about the tech but that's about it and other than the vertical slice that we got about a year ago we haven't really seen anything to reveal anything so i think that by nature just automatically people gravitate toward the persistent universe more than talking about you know the standalone game that's gonna that's supposed to precede it uh and so i think that that's another thing that needs to be you know distinguished that those two games are being developed together uh, but like you mentioned, I think they originally beta. We're supposed to go into beta sometime next year uh, for Squadron 42, and that's something to look forward to uh, for the gamers. But the but but Star Citizen, we're talking about like Eve, right? We're talking about, and, and from what Chris has said, he wants it to be like Eve in the sense of that it's sustaining. That a decade from now, we're still playing it. Fifteen years from now, we're still playing it. That's not the same as building Call of Duty, which after you know 20 hours, I'm done. You know, they're, they're, until the next year. yeah, or until yeah. next year, until the next yeah. DLC, right? You know, right. so I, I, I know that that's part of what hasn't been translated well. You know, unless you happen to sit and watch a Calling All Devs or 10 for the Chairman or even go back and watch videos from four years ago, right? It's well, very I'm easy not to see. Yeah, if, or if miss yeah, some of those vision win, pieces win. that came out, right? So, uh, anyway, I'm through with my high horse. Um, Chris, <laughs> yeah, Fast Card, do you have anything else you want to ask? So you asked me which studio he should he should visit. I, I I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to say visit all of them. Have a series of article, and when it's close to the Squadron 42 release date, you you, you, you can get the dirt on Squadron 42 because they'll be closer to release. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, there's your four yeah, parts. Yeah. Four studios, four parts. There you go. Just just tell you know, tell the folks at Massively to give you a credit card, Chris, and you just need to do some traveling. Yep. Don't worry about it. It'll oh, be yeah. easy. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I'm I'm sure we can just open up the vaults of our golden yacht. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. No, make it a JPEG yacht. <laughs> Absolutely. Nitro, thank you so much for the subscription. We really appreciate that. And thanks for thank hanging you, out. Nitro. Yeah. Well, listen, folks, uh, Chris, we, we have to tell you thank you so much for 
for taking time out in the midst of, again, all that's going on in the world. Uh, you guys have really been working with us throughout, you know, building up to this week. And uh, hopefully our viewers uh, learned some things and heard some things. And uh, hopefully we shared some things with you for some insight as well into the community. Uh, so thanks for being here. Just want to say thanks that. for having me, man. It's just, uh, it's been a delight. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here, and I wouldn't mind coming back again sometime. Oh, I'll take you up on that. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I've been a long time subscriber, reader of Massively LP. In fact, I was a reader of Massively before Massively LP, back in the old, you know, Massively, Massively um, days, before Engadget took them over. But I, I yep. put a plug for Massively OP in, in, in Twitch chat. Is there anything else you, you want to plug? Uh, that's, that's the best really I can put out there, honestly, just, okay. uh, we, cause everything that massively overpowered happens is because of the readers. It's, it's Patreon, it's clicking and reading and discussing the, the following the Twitch chats or the Twitch channels that we have, the, 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 the podcasts, all of those little pieces of support, great and small is what keeps us running. So, you know, that's. That's the best thing I could pluck. Just, okay. uh, just uh, keep indie MMO journalism alive, and and thank you for doing it. And I don't want to put words in Griffin's mouth, but you know, I know you do streams for for Magic So the next time you have a Star Citizen stream, I wouldn't mind coming on. I'm pretty sure Griffin wouldn't mind be, be, oh, coming yeah. on if he's available too or so. If, if I can get my game to work, I haven't been able to play for the past few days. All of a sudden, my computer doesn't seem to like the game for some reason. I gotta, that happens. I gotta figure this out. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Make sure the game's on the SSD and do all the other kind of stuff you gotta do. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm going through all those troubleshooting stuff. So see if I can make it up. But yeah. if I can make a stream work. For sure. I would love to have you guys along. Totally. Awesome. Well, again, Chris, thank you so much uh, for being here. And to all of our folks who sat in with us tonight, we appreciate you guys for being there and, and comments and thoughts and the subscriptions and the follows. It was another great week of getting that. Uh, and uh, Fast Cart, as always, anything else you got? Well, I'm Fastcart FC, uh, twitter.com, forward slash fast underscore cart. Miss Hearts on Tuesday. Shiver on Wednesday and Friday. Saturday is relay or, or, or you have to probably, yeah, I'm all over the place. You are all over the place. You're, I don't know how you keep, you busy all the time. This guy goes to bed like, I go to bed at three in the morning, he's still up. And then I get up at eight in the morning and he's up. I don't get it. I don't know. He's, I don't know. No, no. past three days, I've been going to bed at 5 a.m. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, oh how sensible. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. Anyway, Griffin. And I don't want to say. And I want to say thank you to all the viewers for giving us a shout out and helping us out and retweeting us and following us too. So thank you all. Absolutely. And thank you, Chris. Absolutely. Griffin Gaming RPG, look me up on Twitch, look me up on Twitter, all of that good stuff. And uh, hey, we appreciate you guys again. You guys be safe. Take care of yourself with all the stuff that's going on. Uh, if you're a praying person, pray for our nation and all the stuff that's going on. Hopefully we can get things together here in our country and we love you guys so peace love and soul we'll see you guys later let's see oh who should we uh who are we gonna hit tonight let's see who we got here we gotta raid somebody raid who are we gonna raid wow you can't handle i can't handle <laughs> all right i think we're gonna raid sergeant tickles tonight so let's let's hook him up Sergeant Tickles, folks, we're going to go over to him and uh, guys shout out at him, send him some love, 
Tell them that uh, we sent you over there from uh, from uh, what are we Soul Citizens? Yeah, tell them you sent them from Soul Citizens. <laughs> I've completely forgot the name of my own. This is crazy, right? Forget the name of my own show. It's nuts. Anyway, it's been one of those days. I know it is been one of those. It's been a long day. All right, guys, take care. We'll see you guys soon.